us. So indeed, this is an auction uh, fundraiser for the youth to go to Orlando. And I pray that it is of equal value as the overpriced, understood mochas that the youth made you as fundraising to go to Orlando. Thank you, by the way, for those. So Pete tasked me with answering, what does it mean to be beloved? And what is the impact of that on us? And that first reading from Genesis, um, while grotesque in ways, um, ends with, depending on your translation, with God recognizing that Isaac is Abram's, Abraham's beloved, um, and to be saved and to be treasured. And this baptism of Jesus... Um, that we were hearing about from um, Matthew's gospel follows the same pattern in all four gospels, actually. Uh, What happens is the father calls Jesus his beloved, and then Jesus's ministry starts. And this was an interesting point that Pete particularly tasked me with, I think, in saying, what's that about that that is the sequence of events? If you look at any of the four Gospels, it talks about Jesus being baptized and being called beloved, and then being tempted and going off into prayer, going for his time away in the desert, and then starting his ministry to others. Then he goes out to preach, to heal, to call people. And so there was a first and then this being loved, and then going forward into his ministry. As best I can tell, Megan already summed it up for me. Thank you. Um, That we are loved, that we are intensely loved, and that leads us to, can lead us to, the loving of ourselves, which then can in turn lead us into the act of loving of others. That Jesus was received and then went off to receive himself and then go forward to be for the others. Um, This wasn't something, this message that I think is being so clearly expressed to these lovelies here, and that I've seen in so many of your families over and over again, wasn't necessarily one that I knew uh, myself as a child. Uh, My family grew up uh, very healthy and very privileged in most regards, but also very distant um, when it comes to those affectionate bonds of family. Um, I can honestly say I have never, to my knowledge, seen my parents kiss or hold hands. Um, And that's been over 50 years that they've been married, and I've been around for 46 of them. Um, My family is not one that was much for attaboy or for hug it out. my family, when we became adults, the children, three of the five children spread to corners of the country and, you know, didn't really look back. And so um, we weren't t- 
tight in those ways, and we still aren't, to be honest. Um, and I can say honestly, as I came to the end of grade school, junior high, start of high school, those were lonely years for me, um, friendless years for me, and I did not know of myself in that way um, of being beloved, which is not to say it wasn't there, but to say that I was not realizing it. Um, so and then when I was um, Liam's age, I went off to a retreat. I was invited to go on this weekend retreat led primarily by youth and young adults. And it was there that I got this message rather intensely. And I was told in no uncertain terms, in no less terms than these kids, that in fact God loves me and God loves me actively as Rex and personally and very passionately to the point that God was willing to send his only son here to take care of me and willing to let that son be killed and willing to sacrifice Jesus' self, Jesus willing to sacrifice himself out of that intense love for me. This was rather shocking to me. I had never known anything of this message, really. I had grown up very dutiful, understanding my Catholic Christian duty and responsibility, but never this intense being loved. And it was transformative for me. It changed my understanding of God. It changed my understanding of our relationship. It changed my understanding of myself. And it would lay seeds that would end up changing my life moving forward from there. Um, now I'm an academic, and so as a professor now, of all things, um, I'll throw in my moment of academ academia, and it's a shame Kevin Newhouser isn't around for this sociological theorem, but uh, as I understand it, the Thomas theorem, which is a little more than 100 years old, says that which is perceived as real is real in its consequences. That which is perceived as real is real in its consequences. And so on an individual term, that means when you think you see a train bearing down on you, your body reacts physiologically, not just emotionally, not just intellectually, but your very bloodstream changes in response to that. This is true of us as individuals. It's true of us as people, too. When we think we are under attack, for example, we react that way. Um, this recognizing that I was beloved had an impact on me in very real ways because of its power. And my life changed rather dramatically, rather immediately, frankly. Um, not only did I then go from recognizing I was loved, but I became happy, um, maybe in ways I hadn't been before, and I developed connections with people. Um, having been isolated, I suddenly became intensely connected to first a few people and then a lot of people, to my shock. Um, I would end up then developing into a doing for. I came to a place where I started having an interest in doing things for other people, and not out of that responsibility, duty, bound, but because of a want, um, and my own sense of mission would be developing in the coming years um, that followed. 
Now, I'm not going to equate my story and Jesus' story. Um, we are different in so many ways, as you well know. Um, but that said, I think there is a pattern there which I was able to share in, which seems to be there in Jesus' ministry, too. Um, I'm going to ask for a moment of audience participation with seated and without any real pressure, but excluding those of you who have Masters of Divinity degrees, can, which are here, um, can anybody recall what we call the Great Commandment from the Bible? The Great Commandment. I will include those who have taught religion in high school if, they, if we fall on that. Great Commandment. Anyone? Anyone? Hand? Ms. Delante. Okay. How about the Great Commission that comes at the end of the Gospels? The Great Commission. Someone? Anyone? Go out and share the good news. Yeah. So the end of... The start of this was, you know, talking about love, and the end of this was go out and do something about it, descending forward. So in asked what is the significance of being beloved, as I see it, as best I can tell, there's that transformation, thank you for that word, that happens by being the recipient of that great love. And that transformation not only takes us and heals us, but in fact can lead us to this outward focus, lead us towards this otherness. Uh, the acts of the apostles, the, if you look at the descriptions of the early church, it wasn't a me-centric thing. It was an us-oriented committee, community of people, um, and maybe that is in fact a model for us. Grace is what um, we sometimes refer to as that receiving of that remarkable love. It is active, and it is powerful, and it does lead. When we are recipients of grace, it does lead to our own wellness and to our own goodness and is intended, I think, for us then to share. Um, one of the reasons I have found it privileging to raise our son here is I love the people that are influencing our son's life and I see that most of all you know in the kids of this community um, and not just you know the half dozen that are here in front of us this morning but I have been amazed for the 24 years I've been around this community at the loved of your children um, and how much they know that and how beautiful that makes them. It is a remarkably beautiful group here that just shakes me sometimes. Um, but when I look at your children and I see how they know, in fact, they are unconditionally loved, regardless and forever, and what that does for their own self-esteem what it does for their goodness, um, what it does for their hope, their sense that the world is one in which they can go out and engage. Um, and then they do. And so I think about the way these children have been brought up in knowing that they are loved 
and can go off to Rwanda to share that, to be other-focused. Um, how they can grow to become pastors um, and lead congregations, how they can take on leadership of our youth in so many ways. I, you know, from the first weekend I got here in the fall of 1993 and saw the love for your children um, was remarkable. And I love seeing who they are, these proud, healthy people. And I think that helps make them who they become, um, that they can go off and do these amazing things that they do. I appreciate a little science fiction now and again, Star Trek Next Generation and the like. Um, and so I think about if we did have that moment where I was able to talk to the aliens, what am I supposed to say to them? What would I say to them? Um, making it a little closer to home, if we could talk to dolphins adequately, if we could speak the squeaks and sounds, the whistles, what would you tell dolphins? What is the most important thing you can tell them? Um, I think that's just what Megan was doing here this morning, and that is telling people that they are loved, making sure that people know that they are loved. I think that's what our responsibility is. I think that's what this Great Commission was about. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do that, and I see you do that in a hundred different ways amongst the people in this congregation. But what did Jesus teach these followers to call God? Not the great far and away. He wasn't about hide your face. It was call him Papa. It warms my heart. The years of hearing Sage refer to Carl as Papa. I just love it. And that's what I think of when I hear Jesus say, call him Abba. That's what we're talking about, and that kind of love. Um, we heard the Father say to the Son, I love you intensely, and I want everybody to know it, in fact. Jesus said, we're partners here in this process. We're brothers. We're also children of that great creator and lover. And so that we, too, by extension, are that intensely loved. You are that intensely loved, every single one of you and me, as we are. Um, and so to try to answer Pete's question, I think the best I can say is that to love, to be loved, to love ourselves, and then to go forward in ministry to others as a result of that transformative love.